Hey guys, remember me? Well, I'm back. It is the week of September 2nd, and there are some new movies coming out for you. We have an offering from one of the oldest working actors in Hollywood, two, count them, two flashbacks to the 90s, and possibly the saddest movie ever. It's the week of September 2nd, and this is Future Flicks. Well, sorry about last week, folks. I was out camping in the wonderful 100-degree weather of Orville, California. And while I did have a blast, I am back and I am ready to go. As always, I pity the foos because we're starting with some news. New photos from the Beauty and the Beast live-action movie came out thanks to co-producer Jack Morrissey. The new pictures show concept art from Lumiere and Cogsworth, who are being played by Ewan McGregor and Sir Ian McKellen. This news brought to us by Variety. According to IndieWire, Noah's Ark is getting another movie, but this time the Ark is going to space. Yay? I'm going to wait to form an opinion, because you can easily take the Noah's Ark idea and apply it to space. It's been done before. I'm hoping that the movie is just about saving humanity and animals, blah blah blah, from a dying Earth instead of just retelling Noah's Ark but changing the setting to space. You know, kind of like the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet, where everything was the same except for the setting and props. Like, give me my longsword, ho! But it's actually a gun. Yeah, you guys remember that. That was, that was actually a really good movie. I liked it. And lastly, in other Disney live-action news... This according to Deadline, Sam Mendes is in talks to direct a live-action James and the Giant Peach, to which I say, no thank you. Classic Disney movies I can understand. Beauty and the Beast, yeah, that could really be cool. Cinderella was much better than I thought it was going to be, but this? Why? Come on, let's work on something original. I know, I know that's, I know that's ridiculous to say, just because no one in Hollywood's going to listen, because... Their job is to make money. Tons of people go to see it. So they're not going to learn their lesson just because no one's going to teach them. The only thing that moviegoers who care about quality content can do is to just sit back, ignore those movies when they come out, and just find the great original ones. I, it's hard for me to say that just because I really like all these comic book movies and, and I'm really looking forward to new Star Wars. And, okay, those aren't, those are kind of original just because they haven't really been done before, but it's just based off stuff that's already been around a while and blah, blah, blah. But, but movies like The Little Prince and this upcoming James and the Giant Peach just make me wonder why, why are you doing this? And I'm really wondering how much money they're going to make off this just because, is anyone even going to go see it? Of course, it's Disney. All they have to do is slap their name on it and kids everywhere are just going to go see it. And even if kids aren't going to drag their parents to see it, the parents are going to know that it's going to be a safe movie to go see unless Disney goes dark. But if they're going to do, they're going to do it under one of the other companies they own so they can still rake in the money for that, but they can keep the Disney name on only the wholesome movies. I'm editing this on the 29th, so there's one story that broke this morning that I just wanted to add. 
that's the passing of Gene Wilder. He was 83 years old, and that's that's astonishing just because, I, A, I didn't realize he was that old, and B, nowadays, that's not very, that's not very old anymore. People routinely make it to the 90s now, so it's, it's quite an unfortunate, unfortunate news story this week, and here's your homework, dear listeners. Here is your homework. You watch a Gene Wilder movie. You go home and you watch Blazing Saddles. You watch Young Frankenstein. You watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You watch anything. Just celebrate the man's work. That's it for the news, so let's jump right into my pick. And this week, once again, I have two picks, and I'll tell you why later. But that first pick, and the one I'm most excited for, is a movie called Max Rose. An old musician's wife dies, and at around the same time, he discovers that she had an affair. This discovery makes him question their 65-year marriage, and he must search inwards and outwards for a light in the darkness. This movie stars the legendary Jerry Lewis, and if there are any uncultured troglodytes out there who don't know who Jerry Lewis is, after slapping your parents for aiding and abetting in this crime, you go and watch movies like The Nutty Professor, the original one, The Bell Boy, and The Errand Boy, or any of Jerry Lewis's comedies. It's really important that we pay homage to the legends. I mean, I love modern comedies, and they're going to be higher on my list than even some of the classics. I'm going to say it. The movies from my time are going to be higher on the list than movies that may be technically better movies. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't respect, watch, and understand the movies that came before. Because it's only thanks to them that the movies of today exist. But enough of that rant, let's get on to Max Rose. Max Rose also stars Carrie Bish or Bechet? No, Bechet, that's right. Carrie Bechet from Halt and Catch Fire, Dean Stockwell from Quantum Leap and Battlestar Galactica, and Kevin Pollock from The Usual Suspects. Max Rose looks amazing. A, a mix of heartbreaking and uplifting, funny, sad, lovable. I really want to see this, but I am not holding my breath because I think this is going to be a very limited release and it might even shoot straight to streaming or to DVD really fast. And that is why I have two picks this week because I think I should always offer something that you're going to be able to find in theaters. But this pick, the one I think is going to be the best movie of the week, I think everyone should try and see it, but you might have to wait a while just because it's... The only reason I found out about this is because of the research I do for this podcast. I've heard nothing about it. My next pick, I've, I've heard rumblings about it. Other movies this week, I've heard of them. But Max Rose was completely new to me, and I have to say it is a real treat. I actually want to learn a little bit more about this movie, just because... According to IMDb, this was filmed back in 2013, so it's been three years, because I can do math, three years before it's actually hitting theaters. 
and I haven't heard of this before, so I don't think it was ever released. I think this was made and shelved for some reason, and I don't know why. I know that Jerry Lewis went through, God, Dave, a stroke or something. He Something happened to him. He had a some medical problems, which is why he's gained a lot of weight. That could be why, but it would be interesting to know. It really would. Kind of like how a completely different movie, but how the latest Amityville horror movie is just kept on being shelved and shelved and shelved. And how the little prince, its fate kept on, kept on changing. So I would like to find out why Max Rose took so long to hit theaters. But here's my vote. If you haven't guessed it, you watch it. You should watch it no matter how you see it. Theater, streaming, you watch it. But let's get to my next pick, the movie you could actually see in theaters. And that is called Skip Trace. A cop from Hong Kong must protect an American criminal who witnessed a murder. This looks like Rush Hour 4, just sans Chris Tucker. This movie is straight out of the 90s, and it is fantastic. Enough time has passed since then that this movie can be viewed as a trip down nostalgia lane instead of a money grab on a popular theme. Movies like Central Intelligence and The Nice Guys are good for a reminder that the buddy cop formula works. They may not be amazing movies, but they're fun. And I think it's great that, that the movies like these are still coming out because the 90s, like 80s and 90s, and even in early 2000s, had a huge amount of buddy cop movies. They were all over the place with, like, lethal weapons. Hell, let's even, gonna, let's even pair you with a dog. Movies like K-9 and Turner and Hooch. So now when these buddy cop movies comes out, since it's been so long, it's actually welcome. Even if this movie came out in the heyday of the buddy cop movie, I would still watch it. I would probably enjoy it. But my excitement for this one is just bigger because it reminds me that these movies are fantastic. I want to grab the Rush Hour trilogy off the shelf right now. I want to grab the Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Night movies off the shelf and watch them. So my vote for this one, if you haven't guessed, is you see it. This is one you'll actually get to see in theaters, so grab some popcorn, grab some friends. Actually, grab some friends first, and then grab some popcorn, because you, you can't take snacks in. Well, you can, and come on, let's be honest, we all do. We all do. We all, we, we've stocked food in theaters before. Popcorn will be hard, though. The one time my friends and I snuck a pizza, an entire pizza into the theater, we just put it in a friend's backpack, and so it was kind of messy. Uh, it didn't mess up the backpack, thankfully, but all the pizza slid to the bottom because we were, we were stupid teenagers. But... Don't don't sneak popcorn in. Take take a little snacks you can't get. But anyway, watch the movie. That that's a nice little that was a nice little ramble I went on there. So watch this movie. That's what I'm trying to say. Next up is a movie called White Girl. And no, this isn't a spiritual successor to that awful Wayans Brothers movie. A teenage girl falls for a drug dealer she meets, and after a long and crazy night with him, he gets arrested, and she does all she can to get him back. This is written and directed by Elizabeth Wood, who is rumored to be working on the Captain Marvel movie. And, God, this is going to be really interesting. Captain Marvel, that is. Just because Elizabeth Wood is one of the last people I would have ever expected to be pulled for a comic book movie. White Girl looks like the most uncomfortable cluster of a movie I've seen since kids. 
Interestingly enough, this movie is compared to kids in quite a few articles I've read about it. Vice calls this movie the most explosive portrait of New York City youth since kids. What kind of hellhole places do the writers for Vice hang out in? Do they just go to the slummiest part of New York City and find the most drug-addled youth they can and go, Oh, that's a, uh, that, that's a good uh, example of New York City youth. We're going to write about that. This is one of those movies that's going to be great from an artistic standpoint, but probably so gritty and, with sarcastic air quotes, real, that it would make all but the most jaded squirm in their seats. Movies like this make me want to sit down with a writer and ask them why. Why did you decide to do this? Why was this story, this message, so important to get out that you just wrote this dark and depressing portrait with more sarcastic air quotes? Do you know what a better portrait of New York City youth would be? It would never be made into a movie. Because no one wants to watch that it's boring. So let's just write this dark and gritty movie about this teenage girl who has, a, you know, promiscuous sex and takes a lot of drugs and goes all crazy when her man gets arrested. But, oh, God. No, 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 no. I'm not going to see this. I don't want to see this. I saw kids, and I can appreciate kids from an artistic standpoint, and I can sit back and like view it as a whole and going, yeah, sure, I can see why people like this movie. But it felt like the movie was written and directed by the most pessimistic people you could find. We wrote something gritty and sad, so it's artsy. Alright, okay, I'm sorry. If this movie sounds like your jam, if this is your thing, then, then good for you. No, honestly, go see it. Go enjoy it. That's what movies are for. But for... Everyone else, just avoid this. And that's my vote. Unless you are really into the indie movie scene or the artsy movie scene, you avoid it. Don't watch this movie. Just let this let this slip your mind right now. Alright, kiddies. Next up is a movie called Zoom. Emma works in a sex doll factory and draws comic books in her spare time. One day, she finds out her art is alive and asks her to explain her recent actions in the comics. This stars Alison Pill from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, she was the drummer in Scott's band, and Gail Garcia Bernal, who was in the movie Y Tu Mama Tambien. You know, that movie I always give as an example when I'm talking about how great foreign cinema can be. Yeah, that one. So this is yet another movie that will probably get a limited release, so you're more likely going to have to wait for streaming or video. The trailers for Zoom make it look like a borderline awkward comedy, and to anyone who knows me or has listened to this podcast before, awkward comedies are one of my kryptonites. It's, it's a squirming, uncomfortable mess that I just don't get any enjoyment out of, though apparently... A lot of people do, seeing as how all the comedies Steve Carell made were like those awful, awkward comedies, and they were popular, so no accounting for taste, right? However, it looks like the writers of Zoom didn't go too heavy with the cringe factor. This looks watchable to anyone who's not a fan of cringe comedies. In fact, it looks more than watchable. It looks good. 
The IMDb synopsis implies that the comic isn't just coming to life, but it's another dimension of reality too, and there might even be a third one. So that opens up another can of crazy. I really hope Zoom isn't stretching too thin by trying to squeeze so much into one movie because that was the downfall of DC's last two movies of both Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Movies that could have been fantastic but just fell so short because they tried to do way too much and it ended up being convoluted. I hope Zoom doesn't fall into that trap. Movies should only work with the time they're given, and if you can't fit all of a story into it, then you're going to have to cut part, or you're going to have to extend it. So I hope Zoom doesn't do that, because it seems like they have a pretty epic plot on their hands. So here's my vote for this one, is you see it, but you're probably not going to see it in theaters, because I haven't seen a trailer for this anywhere, except when I purposely looked it up on YouTube. So that makes me think it's not going to get a lot of love in the theaters. And that, my friends, brings us to our break. So please stay tuned for this word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. And if you're wondering, yes, it's the same old word, but isn't it a fantastic radio spot? Isn't it? And here's something else. I've recently started listening to the Watch Your Mouth podcast because Critter is also in that. It is fantastic. It is great. I'm wondering, they're, they're already on episode 59, 60, something like that. And I'm wondering where it's been my whole life and how I haven't found this golden podcast sooner. So please give that some love because our good friend Critter's in that. And don't forget to give uh, Somewhat Nerdy Radio some love. Speaking of, here's a word from our sponsors. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, fellow nerds, we are back. Let's move on with our next movie, which is a blast from the past. And by past, I mean 90s, which is still a long time ago. And it kills me. It kills me deep down inside in my soul that the 90s was so long ago. Because in my mind, in the dark recesses of my mind, the 90s were still 10 years ago. But by God, they're no longer 10 years ago. And you may be thinking to yourself, but Billiam, you've already talked about that movie. It was called Skip Trace. And you'd be right. And you would be wrong. Because there's one other movie. And that movie is called Kickboxer. Vengeance. Kurt's brother Eric is a kickboxer. And he decides that he wants to go fight in Thailand. So the two brothers go on a journey and fight, but things aren't as they seem as Eric is killed in a fight. Now Kurt must learn to become the best kickboxer around and avenge his brother's death. You know what we really need was another kickboxer movie. 
said no one ever. Why? Oh, God, why? You know what's worse? You know what's even worse than this? Is that there's another kickboxer movie planned for 2017. Why? Why? I'm waiting for my answer. I'm going to be waiting a while because I am in my office and no one's around. So I'm going to be waiting for an answer for a while on that one. But, um, wow, this movie looks, uh, mm, no, no, I'm not, this, this looks bad. Okay, in its defense, it doesn't look terrible, but this plot has been done before. And this is just another chance to grab a whole bunch of MMA fighters, throw them in a movie, and uh, make a bunch of money from people who love MMA. I enjoy MMA. Yeah, I like boxing, I like MMA, I like pro wrestling, I like like real wrestling. That doesn't mean you can just grab a whole bunch of those people, throw them in a movie, and go, yay, okay, we're going to make money now. Oh, no, that's not exactly how it works. Okay, I lied. That, that is how it works, because there, there are a bunch of people who watch these. I don't even know if this is getting any theater time. I mean, with this cast, I would hope it would be, because it has uh, some MMA fighters like George St. Pierre and Dave Batista, former wrestler that is Dave Batista, Gina Carano, and a bunch of these other names are probably people I haven't bothered getting to know but you know they could be mma fighters too and interestingly enough jean-claude van damme is in it playing durand or durand durand i I forgot the original kickboxer came out in 1989 and i don't think i've seen it i don't think i've seen it since 2000 god right after high school so maybe even 2001 2002 (laughs) but those movies still hold a dear place in my heart, even though I haven't seen them in a while, because they are classics. Cheesy. Cheesy, yes. Well-thought-out plots, no. But classics still. That doesn't mean we need more movies. That, that does, that's not what it means. There are ways you can bring back old movies. Or not old, but older movies. And you know who knows how to do it right? It is Sylvester Stallone. That's right. Do you remember that for a while the Rocky movies were just a running gag? That it would, the, you know, the year would be 2050 and they'd be on Rocky a million? But when Rocky Balboa came out in, uh, God, in 2006, it was really good. I mean, it was actually good. Like, critics didn't just take gigantic dumps on it. And I think that it's because Sylvester Stallone, writer-director Sylvester Stallone, went back to the roots of the of the series. And he also did that again. Not as well, but he he, main, he mostly did it. He, he got a really good, really good job done with, with 2008's Rambo, which is actually a little bit of trivia if you didn't know. The only movie in the Rambo series just called Rambo. Because the first movie, raise your hand if you know this, was called First Blood. It was just called First Blood. It wasn't Rambo. It was just First Blood. Rambo only became part of the title with number two because it was Rambo First Blood Part 2. Anyway, he did it with Rambo. Rambo in 2008 was... A really good movie. It wasn't fantastic by any stretch. It wasn't going to win any awards, but it was a good movie. It doesn't look like the writers and director of this new kickboxer movie followed that formula. Going back to the roots, it looks like they just took a very cliche script 
the most cliche script they could find. And they just went, okay, we're going to make a movie now. Hey, all the all you MMA people who want to make extra money, come on over. But they're already planning a, ne- a next movie. 2017 has a movie ready in the works called Kickboxer Retaliation that takes place after Kickboxer Vengeance. This time, joining Alien, Elaine, A-L-A-I-N, Mousy or Moosey, M-O-U-S-S-I, he plays Kurt. This time joining them is, or him, is not just Jean-Claude Van Damme, the Highlander himself, Christopher Lambert, and Mike Tyson. And you know, with that cast, if it was anything else, if it's anything else, I, I would probably watch it. But Kickboxer Vengeance and Kickboxer, and to, next year's Kickboxer Retaliation just look... I just look tired and done already. So that's going to lead me to my vote, which is you pass. You pass hard. And if this movie interests you at all, in the slightest, if you if you are sitting at home with all of your kickboxer memorabilia, here's what you do instead. You just wait for streaming. You just wait for DVD, assuming that this is not already a straight-to-DVD movie. Next on the list of movies of the week is The Light Between Oceans. A lighthouse keeper and his wife living off the coast of Western Australia raise a baby they rescue from a a drift rowboat. Oh, there's so much more to it. There's so much more. This is based off a book by M.L. Stedman that was released in 2012. This was the most depressing book I have ever read. And that, my friends, is how you know it's literature. I am never going to see this movie. Never, ever. Not even if my best friend, my girlfriend, and my parents team up on me. I will never see this movie. The story was beautiful. It was a beautifully written book. And it was an emotional journey from start to finish. And it left me questioning if there's any good, any happiness left in the world i read it once and that's it that is that's it i am done with this story so my advice to you dear listeners is to be very careful treading with this one because while it is beautiful while it was well done i'm I'm assuming the movie was well done it is dark and it is sad and it will and it will claw at you at your most basic human instincts to protect what is yours and to protect your loved ones and also it will make you wonder what would you do in a similar situation and while the answer may be easy for some for others it is not going to be that easy this movie stars michael fassbender who plays magneto in the recent x-men movies Alicia Vikander from Ex Machina, and Rachel Weiss, who was in the first two Mummy movies. Remember those movies with Brendan Fraser? I bet you all these, all these actors are going to do a really good job. Michael Fassbender and Alicia Vikander are two of the biggest actors right now. Rachel Weiss always does a fantastic job. And they do such a fantastic job that I, it's scaring me off from seeing the movie. Okay, the story alone can do that. I, I still have this book. Even though I'm never, ever going to pick it up again, I still have it because it was, it was well done. You don't have to like where a story goes for it to be a good book. I still appreciate M.L. Stedman's writing in this, 
but I'm going to be careful from now on to pick, when I pick up anything by her. So when you see this movie, or if you see this movie, dear, dear listeners, be careful and be ready to bawl your eyes out and to just feel sorrow. My vote for this one is see it if you don't mind the biggest tearjerker you've ever seen. Other than that, you stay away and you watch a movie that makes you smile. That's what you do instead, dear friends. That's what you do instead. How about we move on to something a little happier? Let's do that. With our next movie, Yoga Hosers. Two teenage yoga enthusiasts team up with a legendary manhunter to battle with an ancient evil presence that is threatening their major party plans. This is the latest offering from writer, director, and comic book slash jersey enthusiast Kevin Smith. It has quite an interesting cast, though the, the main actors in this are going to be his daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, as well as Lily Rose Depp, the daughter of Johnny Depp. Their fathers are both in the movie, Johnny Depp and uh, Kevin Smith, of course, as well as Natasha Lyonne, who was in the American Pie movies, Haley Joe Osment, Justin Long, Jason Mewes, Kevin Conroy, the, bo- the voice of Batman, and Stan Lee, just to name a few. I'm, I'm torn. I'm, I, I'm really torn about this movie. Yoga Hosers looks really, really dumb. Like, really dumb. But it's by Kevin Smith. He does good work. Uh, when Kevin Smith comes out with a new movie, I almost always see it, and I'm always impressed. But this one, this one looks stupid. And it almost looks like just an excuse to put his daughter in something as and grab Johnny Depp's daughter too and put her in something. I know that sounds bad because I, I trust them. I, I trust Kevin Smith and Johnny Depp more than that. But just from the looks of the movie and how stupid it looks, I have to wonder if that's what it is. Just, oh, let's put our daughters in something. Hey, let's get together and do this. Let's, oh, here's this dumb movie. Let's just, let's just throw them in that, right? And one of the biggest problems is that this movie looks so dumb that even if, even if the two girls are good actors, it'd be hard to tell just because the characters they're playing are so vapid and ridiculous. My vote, I'm just going to keep this one short. My vote for this one is you pass. Pass on it in theaters, and if you get a chance to watch it on streaming, then sure, give it a try. Maybe it'll be good. But all signs point to no. You know what? Let's talk about a movie that actually looks good. Let's do that. In fact, let's finish with two movies that actually look good, which was my plan all along. No, no, it wasn't. It just worked out that way. (laughs) Next up is The Ninth Life of Louis Drax. Psychologist who begins working with a young boy who has suffered a near-fatal fall finds himself drawn into a mystery that tests the boundaries of fantasy and reality. This movie stars Jamie Dornan from Fiddy Blades of Hay, Sarah Gadden from 112263, and Aaron Paul from, of course, Breaking Bad. The first part of this trailer made it seem like this was more about a whodunit sort of thing. Like this kid falls off a cliff and is, it basically drowns, but is, is able to be resuscitated, but is in a coma. And so they're trying to get to the bottom of what happened. So it's, it's more like the first half of the trailer that it is, is more like a whodunit and what really happened. Did one of the parents do it because they know something, because the kid knows something that they don't want to get out? Was it an accident? Did aliens do it? 
Who knows? But the second half, when the when the doctor comes in, played by Jamie Dornan, when he comes in, then it kind of gets this this inception sort of feel to it, where they go into a dream and it's like, womp. I'm gonna spin the top and see if it falls over, you know that kind of stuff. And it's actually, I found it quite intriguing because they took what is a standard plot that has been done many times before, just added a whole nother element to it, which I can really respect because we've been, humanity has been coming up with stories forever, for as long as we've been around. So there are only so many truly original ideas. So there's no shame. There is no shame in taking an idea that has been done before, but adding your own angle to it. And that's where we get lots of these great movies that seem familiar just because they're based on some, maybe based on some tired trope, but then they go in this other direction with it that just captivates you. And hopefully, hopefully this movie will be that, will be like that, that is. This is based on a book by Liz Jensen, who's written novels like Ark Baby, The Paper Eater, and War Crimes for the Home. (laughs) War Crimes for the Home sounds just like the worst type of punishment for not doing your chores. All right, Timmy, you didn't take out the trash, so time to be waterboarded. Oh, man. Uh, I have to read that book now just to see what it's about. The Ninth Life of Louis Drax looks like a safe bet. It really does. It looks like the type of movie that if you're not sure of what to see and you have some spare time to go and see this one because it's probably going to be good. Maybe not great, but it looks like it'll be solid. A solid flick. And what's better than that? Okay, well, the, there are a lot of things better than that, but, but just roll with me here. And here, here's my vote for this one. is you, you keep it in your mind. You keep it in your back burner right there. And if you get the chance, be it in theaters or streaming or DVD, give it a shot. Maybe even read the book. That's always an interesting thing to do is to read the book and then see the movie to see where it differs. Just like with the Harry Potter series where I feel that the books were just far, far better than the movies. The movies were great. Don't even don't even get me started on those. I love those movies, but the books were just just better. Or you can go on the opposite end of the spectrum, like Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, where the book was just this frustrating tale of no one learning a damn lesson the entire book. And then the movie, they fixed every problem that I had with the book. So who knows? Who knows where this one's going to fall on that spectrum? Is it going to be better than the book, or is the book going to be better than the movie? Usually the book is better than the movie, because you can do more in a book. But every once in a while, movies get it right. Maybe this will be one of it, so keep it on your radar. And you know what? This week I've saved one of the bigger ones for last. This is a movie called Morgan. A corporate risk management consultant must decide whether or not to terminate an artificially created humanoid being. This one stars Kate Mara, who is in the coma-inducing Fantastic Four movie, as well as The Martian and Shooter. She's also the sister of Rooney Mara, so if if you didn't know, there you go, a little trivia. It also has Anya Taylor-Joy, who was in The Witch, and Rose Leslie, who was in Game of Thrones. You know her. She was the one that kept on reminding us that Jon Snow knew nothing. Yeah, you know her. I I remember when Ex Machina came out, I knew it was going to be a good movie, and I just knew I was going to like it, but I I didn't see it. I, I didn't care enough to make the time. I eventually had it gifted to me, and I watched it, and it was indeed fantastic. I loved it. But I don't regret 
not seen it in theaters. And I feel the same about Morgan. I think it's going to be the same thing. That it is going to be a fantastic movie, but you're not going to lose out if you don't see it on the big screen. This movie looks like it's going to be really good, but I think it's going to slip under the radar. I think right now we're in a movie lull. Blockbuster season is over, and it wasn't even a great season. The numbers were down, and while there were still good movies coming out, people's attentions are already turning from the theaters. Morgan looks like the love child between Ex Machina and Lucy, and that seems pretty cool to me. This movie's going to be a safe bet. If, you're, if you aren't sure about any of the other movies I've talked about and you really want to see a movie this week, then you see this one. Then you see Morgan. But I would still rather push Max Rose or Skip Trace as your theater movie this week. So that I'm sticking by those two recommendations. If you see something in theaters, you, you go see those. But this one, this one almost made it. This was almost my pick until I saw the trailers for Max Rose and Skip Trace. So just keep that in mind when you choose what movie to watch this week. And let's lead into my vote is you watch it. You watch Morgan, but you can wait. And look at that, my friends. Look at that time. It is the end of the show. If you have any feedback, just hit me up. Hit me up on Billiam Reviews, B-I-L-L-I-A-M Reviews at gmail.com. Leave a comment on this podcast. Leave a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website, somewhatnerdy.com. Please hit me up on Twitter, BilliamSWN. I'm also on Instagram. Find me there. Same handle. As always, please, please, please give, give me a good rating. I'd really appreciate it. More than that, more than a great rating, I'd appreciate it if you just pass the word on. Tell your friends, hey, there's an interesting podcast you should listen to. It's a weekly one by this nerd who likes the movies. So, my friends, I will leave you with my usual blessing that please go out into the world and do your thing. But no matter where your life takes you, no matter what you do or what you have on your plate this week, just make some time to catch a flick. I am Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off.